is Dan Qualiana, Head of Developer Relations at Zebra Technologies, and welcome to the Zebra Developer Podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Mark Jolly. Hi, Dan. Excellent. Mark, thanks for joining us today. We are also joined by Brooks Canavesi, Director of Sales at Problem Solutions, and we're going to dive into the experience that you, Brooks, have had with Zebra Savannah. So, Brooks, I just want to say welcome. Thank you. Um, uh, before we dive into problem solutions and uh, what you guys have been doing with Savannah, Mark, could you just give a real brief overview of the Zebra Savannah platform and what it is? Sure. So um, we've been working on um, IoT and cloud probably for the last 12 to 18 months. And Savannah gives us the opportunity to collect data across multiple um, devices, items, edge sensors, etc., to pull it together into one single um, data lake to allow others then to extract and collaborate the data together. So um, we've been starting um, a program over the last six months um, with some selected um, partners. Um, one of them um, who's today with Problem Solutions um, to start adapting and updating the platform to make it best in class um, using the third party um, partnerships we're using with Google and um, Amazon um, and then allowing our partners to um, to collect um, information out of it and use it to, to make decisions uh, based off that. So um, I guess to start with, um, Brooks, how um, a problem solutions using the, the platform and what are, what are problem solutions doing in an overall um, project perspective? Sure. So we've been working uh, as a custom product development shop for the last 14 years. Problem Solutions was actually building products much like Zebra before the term IoT was in vogue. Currently, our teams deploy numerous IoT-based solutions in, from industrial to consumer electronics industries. And typically, what we're asked to do is to integrate either custom sensors or integrate um, off-the-shelf sensors to ingest a myriad of mission-critical data inputs across the corporate value chain. So some examples are LoRa-based home automation that we released at CES for a customer this year, preventive maintenance sensors in commercial and residential HVAC, and some IMU and HRV sensors for human performance spanning professional athletics all the way through to the warehouse employee. So it sounds like it's across a whole uh, range of verticals and functions, um, so you're not just focusing on a single entity, you, you can go across anything. I guess anything that's got an edge sensor, you can hook into. Correct, yeah, so our focus has always been on custom mobile and IoT-based technology, and we've been doing it for the government and Fortune 500s, like I said before, the term IoT was <laughs> popular. Excellent, so Brooks, how did you get tied in with Zebra? So. I actually worked at FedEx Ground and we used a lot of thermal printers and a lot of ring sensors for years. So that's where I first met uh, the company. And then as I moved into custom software development, uh, became a Zebra partner, I actually met you, Dan, at the um, app forum for Xamarin. And um, when we were at the Xamarin conference, uh, heard a lot about what was going on with Zebra and their move to the Android devices. And being a Xamarin partner ourselves, we saw a great opportunity. And at App Forum last year, we met the Zebra team around Savannah, and we're really drawn to the team and their collective knowledge. And then we saw an opportunity to be an early adopter and help shape the features and functionality in a collaborative sense with the Savannah team. 
And having access to those additional data points that we knew would be housed inside of Savannah, we knew we could leverage those towards predictive and adaptive technology models for our customers. So you've clearly been doing IoT for, for quite a long time and you probably had some pain points before um, that you'd seen. Did Savannah address any of those pain points? Yeah, so IoT, as you know, is all about sensing the physical world and bringing it into the digital. And having access to system level data points of physical devices can sometimes be a pain. Savannah simplifies that for the Android Zebra devices. So getting access, depending on the manufacturer, to system level data is sometimes a, a hurdle that can't be overcome. But having Savannah, where they already have all of that surfaced inside of the Savannah platform and you can access that via API, really is a large benefit to getting that level of data from physical mobile computers that are moving around the warehouse or the factory. Can you give us some examples of those um, functions or features? Yeah, so we leverage right now the notification feature, and that's one of the big things that we see. Typically, when you're building out an IoT ecosystem, you need to install, if you want push notifications, you need a native mobile application. So whether that's going to be installed on iOS devices or Android or both, now you're installing a native mobile application. You have all the O&M and the maintenance as the operating systems update. You have all of that that you have to keep up with. So there's an increased cost annually just to keep that mobile application up to speed. Where we can leverage Savannah on the notification protocols, we don't need to install anything on the Zebra devices that are registered with the Savannah platform. Those Android devices already have an agent that's connected to Savannah. We can worry about the edge devices and the IoT space, connect those to Savannah with our thresholds and our notifications, have those sent down to the Zebra devices without installing anything on the end, on the end uh, point. So that's interesting because I thought the route you were going there, you were going to talk about the sensor information on the Zebra devices, but you're actually using third-party sensors, having that data go into Savannah, and then taking advantage of the push notifications and the, that tie-in with Zebra devices with the Savannah platform. Yeah, and that's the, that's the angle that we took initially, but it could be bi-directionally. So you can start getting, and I know that uh, other partners are, are working on this right now, is getting that information from the Zebra device and doing predictive on that. So they're looking at battery levels and other sensors inside the Zebra device to do predictive. We're looking at the outside and saying we have different temperature alerts, we have chlorine leak detection, we have a gas sensor going off, vibration, and we need to get that and then alert the devices through a notification protocol. Okay. Can you walk through a little bit of some of those use cases you identify? So maybe the chlorine leak or whatever it might be and the sensors you have attached and how you're actually tying that all together. Sure. So uh, from a chlorine leak detection perspective, so if you're a utility like a water treatment plant, you may have a chlorine tank. If there's a leak, there needs to be a notification that goes out because that area is now contaminated. So what we've done is we build out the sensor that can communicate to Savannah, comes down, we can do either a campus-wide, so the whole facility can be notified of an emergency, or we can do regionally specific. So if it's a large facility, we may only want to signify a specific region and all those devices attached within that, that area. So in this sense of a chlorine leak, we would want to send out 
uh, a notification that talks about the proper procedures for entering and exiting the contaminated area from a safety protocol. We'd also want the users that got that notification to log in to read the notification so we know which users have actually received it based on their employee ID because they may be using a device that they picked up off of a cradle and they're just using it within the facility and they're not identified. So this way we're able to limit liability, we're able to make sure everyone's staying safe and uh, overall it's, it's been a really worthwhile endeavor. And then are you even able to go in and look at potentially some of the location or at least proximity of those employees and give it targeted updates and information to them based on where they are within that facility? Yeah, Savannah leverages um, that location-based technology as well of the Zebra platform. So we're able to signify specific regions. Um, so we want, let's say, in a temperature alert where there's vaccines in a climate-controlled area, those vaccines could spoil if they're over temperature for a certain amount of time. Just in 2015, we saw like $1.5 million worth of vaccines spoil in Pakistan uh, due to a temperature alert not going off. So having that kind of notification, you would want the people closest to that proximity to be able to identify and work on that problem. That's great. Okay, um, so we talked around um, the fact you wanted to work with Zebra um, on these things. What, what was the reason for that? Were the, was it the team, was it the solution? Did you, was it the fact you could help input um, new ideas and new technologies into the platform? Yeah, we just saw the opportunity that there's other data points that we don't have access to. And when you're building out a system, you have control over your domain, but having a data consolidation, or you guys call a data lake type of big data platform, we're able to then have access to numerous other data points that we never had access to previously, whether those are from Zebra or they're from another hardware vendor or software vendor that are all contributing to help support the customer. Because at the end of the day, if we put the customer first and we have that data coming in, then we're able to make better predictive, better, uh, and give better insights across all of our hardware and software platforms. Okay, and so part of that collaborative process working with Zebra, you, did you feel that you did get a voice in on the Savannah product and were able to impact that? Yeah, we did. Uh, we had really regular cadence calls with the team and the technical team literally co-developed some of the proof of concepts that we started with. So we were doing peer programming and working with them regularly. So we just really felt a great level of support and consistently had questions um, along the lines of what would make this better and how can we improve the platform to meet customer needs. Quite a lot of our um, developers who maybe write mobile apps today, whether it's cross-platform or native, probably want to start thinking about how could I get into this IoT world? What could be a, a good starter kit? Is there something that you would say is a hobbyist or someone at home that wanted to play? Is there something on the shelf that you said, go try that, get into it, have a go? Yeah, I would say take a look at Particle. I would look at um, Raspberry Pi and Raspberry Zeros. I would look at uh, Arduino boards. There's plenty of shields and, and different project types. And there are numerous projects online that you can start with temperature sensors or infrared. Uh, and get started with just triggering ones and zeros, trues and false. Is this door open? Is it closed? Um, and that's really what it's about, is just to get started. Uh, and Zebra actually on the Savannah side, you need to be able to support certain certificates for authentication, um, which you know we can help with and 
we've done that plenty of times and are open about that. And what about protocol? Is there any specific things that you guys look for or use um, in order to connect to the, uh, the platforms? So we're always interested, uh, obviously, in IoT space around security. We do a lot of work for the government as well. Uh, so we're looking for specific encrypted protocols that it'll support. So as long as it's on the latest protocols, then we feel good about it. But most of the platforms I just gave are, are good prototyping platforms that support that. And there's plenty of off-the-shelf sensors uh, that can be utilized in those spaces. So along those lines in the security space, you know, I, I think that, you know, that's a very kind of hot topic with IoT. There's a lot of security concerns with so many things connected. Uh, in your experience, do you feel that uh, a lot of the sensors and platforms that you've worked with address any of those security concerns? Or you know, how, do you, how do you kind of recommend people look at that security landscape? Yeah, I think that most of that comes down to solutions architecture and system architecture. They're able to support the protocols, but how they're implemented is typically where you find the gaps. Uh, so from a software architecture perspective, I would say that some are, you know, individuals and some teams are better suited at putting those security protocols in place. I think that most of the platforms support them, but I don't think that everyone implements them quite the same. Okay. All right. Well, Brooks, you know, I really want to say a big thank you to you. This has been really interesting. I think, um, you know, of the different partners that are working with Savannah, hearing um, the way Problem Solutions is working with is a different perspective. The fact that you are not just leveraging on the Zebra devices and the sensors within that, but pulling in third-party sensor data, and that you do have this a lot of experience within the IoT space and seeing the huge value of working with Savannah that it's saving your company a lot of development time. Even you, you talked about not having to write a full app, but just being able to do notifications. So it's a really different perspective than what we've heard uh, from some of the other partners and the benefits they've seen. So I really am glad that you're able to share that with our audience here. Yeah, just as a final point, um, if we were to look forward maybe two years, any ideas where you could see this IoT space um, appearing in anything that we've never even thought about today. Sure. So this may be a little bit biased on my opinion, but I believe that there's a convergence happening. So IoT, as I mentioned, is all about sensing the physical world and bringing it into the digital. The, the yin to that yang is to take it from the digital and bring it back to the physical, and that's augmented reality. So what I see is in a couple years, as heads-up displays become more acceptable and, and the price point comes down, that we're going to see the digital world that we're, the physical world that we're sensing the digital, we're going to see those digital assets as insights coming back and being overlaid in our physical world to enhance productivity in our lives and our work. And I think we've seen examples of that, um, for instance, in the supermarket. I don't know whether you've seen the, there's a YouTube video going around at the moment of, um, of a mobile device, uh, maybe an MC18, walking around doing a, um, an interactive augmented reality shopping trip. So it's showing the offers as you're walking around the store, it's showing you the notifications of when there's none in stock, or maybe you've um, done a recipe list and you've preloaded it on, and it can tell you as you get into store, there maybe is no um, beef or something today, and go get chicken instead. And because you go and get chicken, it then takes you to go over there to get something different and tran transverse you around the whole store. So um, it's interesting to see where, where you can take those type of ideas, but it's, it's 
having the interaction with the user and getting through that barrier of, um, of acceptable usage. Um, we think about biometric um, fingerprints and things like that. There's always been a challenge around the data collection. So um, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, and we're seeing the big boys come to play. So AR Kit, AR Core now built into iOS and Android from Google and from Apple. Microsoft just on April 4th of 2018 said that they're going to invest $5 billion in IoT over the next four years. So we see a large investment in IoT and we're seeing people start to build augmented reality toolkits directly into the operating system and that's what I see the future as. That's great, very exciting. So Brooks, uh, just as a follow-up, if people wanted to learn more about problem solutions and the different offerings you have, how can they get in touch with you? Sure. Our website is problemsolutions.net, and my email address is bcanavesi, that's B-C-A-N-A-V-E-S-I, at problemsolutions.net. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining us. It was really informative. We got to learn a lot about, you know, how IoT is being used today for patient, or not patient safety, but worker safety and things like that. So this was great. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, this is going to wrap up another version of our podcast. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.